Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. That's Erie with three E's. And we are going to have our second part of our three-part interview with William Isaacs. I have to say that there were a lot of folks that started following me after listening to this last interview. And I want to say thank you. I knew you would enjoy Mr. Isaacs' short story clip. It's fresh and it keeps you hanging. I know that you have gone to my Facebook page I hope that you looked at the show notes to see, you know, what his online page is. If not, it's Will, W-I-L-L, likes, L-I-K-E-S, to, T-O, write, W-R-I-T-E dot com. I had to type it out to make sure that I was saying it correctly. I hope that you like the artwork done on the books. This next one will be just as wonderful as the last and it makes you need to watch cartoons. I don't know if you're like this or not, but I got to watch something funny before I go to bed because if it's too scary, mm, nope, not going to be going to bed right away. Um, but that's just me. So please sit back, listen, and enjoy. Right. Right, very yeah, much. Okay. 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 And now, with that being said, which one was your your least liked character? Um, I don't think I, I don't think I could say that. I don't think I, I have. Um, one, I think that was. If I had to pick, I would think. I think. Uh, at this moment, the one who's not the most exciting for me, I believe, is possibly the man without a face, but it's hard to to not like something so good. Okay. This is this is so good. Just a good character, able to able to just be versatile in all situations. The man without a face is really good for that. Okay. All right. Now I can un- I, I I can understand that. Now after seeing the photo on the book and 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 I have to admit that's kind of the way I pictured him. Yeah. That that there I mean I would have to say that's an interesting character. But again, I only got to hear a little bit. So I would have to hear the rest of the story, but I was automatically hooked. So, I mean, that's, that's my perspective of it. But when, thank you, you know, with what part of the stories or books, oh, oh, see my ex, he would play, what's that song? And I'd say, I don't fucking care. (laughs) Wow. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, singing a song verse and stuff like that and then breaking out and, you know, whatever, that's fun. We do that here. We play um, the YMCA. We play um, all kinds of 70s music and stuff like that. My granddaughter knows all kinds of 70s music. You know, my kids grew up on the Beatles, you know, they could they could name a Beatles song quicker than most other people could. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they grew up on. And 
you know, a lot of kids today, they're getting the remix stuff. Some of it isn't too bad, but other stuff, I mean, it's the originals that count. Little kids are a riot. I mean, they are. Some of the conversations I have with kids out on out on the recess uh, playground, oh my God, you would be dying laughing. There are some days that I go in and I got tears streaming down my face because I'm laughing so hard. And that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And that's what a lot of people forget is that they're little humans, you know, and there, there's one little girl that's here. She, her family just moved up from the South. This will be her first winter ever with snow. And I cannot wait. I hope she is here when it snows. I want to see her face. So, and the one thing I asked her was, did when when mom and dad was here, did they tell you that you needed snow snow pants and stuff like that? And she said, Oh yeah. She was like that and gloves. She was like, Well, there was something else. She was like, I can't remember the word for it. And now when I mean the South, I mean the South. <sighs> I can't really say the state because then that gives it all away. And I was like, Well, will you tell me what it is? Because I lived in the South a little bit. I was like, Maybe I'll help you out a little bit. And she goes, Well, down there, now mind you, she's first grade. She goes, we call them shit kickers. <gasps> I said, you mean snow boots? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's the word for it. <laughs> shit kickers. <laughs> oh, seven. Six or seven. Exactly. <laughs> But I could laugh at it. I was like, well, we don't call them shit kickers here, honey. We call them snow boots. <laughs> and I, I bent over. I was laughing so hard. I said, honey, I am not laughing at you. I said, I lived in Kentucky and in West Virginia. So I get what you're saying. I said, but from now on, there's snow boots. <laughs> Favorite new word. <laughs> I'm definitely. I got. I'm honored. Somebody asked me. That's right, right? Want to see my shit kickers? Right. I wear steel toes every day, so I get. I get to. I got. I got to set this up pretty good. Oh yeah! Absolutely, absolutely. That is funny. But um, but yeah, I mean, those are just some of the things that kids do. But I mean. You know, you could set your stories up anywhere. Now, with the woods of Washington, is it set in Erie? Is that how you have it set up? Or, I mean, because I don't remember hearing that part of it. Actually, no. I do have an area called Wheeler. Yes. And you live in Erie. Mm -hmm. Okay. I use I was a little kid with a lot of work. Oh wow. I just decided that I was gonna, you know, research the place and I love, you know, some of the things I I heard about it, I love, I love the one that I love outdoors. I like that. That feel, you know, it's a weed experience. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. That we do. That I don't know. In the different places that I've lived, like in Ohio and um, Indianapolis, they both get way colder weather, but not as much snow. That's the that's the interesting part. Now, like, that's the trade -off. yeah, Did yeah. You like the trade -off? No, 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 <laughs> no. Because people found out where I was from, and they and I told them, "Hey, it's okay. I know how to drive in three inches of snow." Um, so you're the first one that gets called into work. You're the last one that leaves work. Um, and you get oh, to pick wow. up and drop off all the other employees. So yeah, never tell people you can drive in snow. Yeah, no. Thank you. You yep. just definitely saved me. Because mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. and, yep. Never know, tell people you, know, you can drive I'm in snow. I'm definitely considering moving to a different place. So I'm, I know not to yep. allow that information. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Even if, and they'll see that you're from Erie. Oh, this isn't going to bother you. Oh, I didn't tell you I could drive in snow. I might be from Erie. Didn't tell you I could drive in snow. <laughs> Never tell them you can drive in snow. Here in Dayton, Ohio, three inches of snow would cut, would shut the city down. No joke. Same thing with Indianapolis, same thing with Kentucky, same thing with West Virginia. And it's not the fact that they didn't have the uh, salt or anything like that. They just didn't have the manpower. It's not like here. They didn't have the trucks or anything like that. And my house in um, West Carrollton was actually on a snow route because it was on the uh, school uh, street. And that was the only street that would get plowed for sometimes days. So it's crazy. I mean, it really is. So, I mean, finding different places, you know, to set things in, I, I get it. Like when I was looking for, when I was naming my podcast and stuff like that, I mean, Erie. I mean, you have Erie, Indiana, you have Erie, PA, you know, trying to keep it set in a certain area and stuff like that sometimes gets a little hard, but I can reach out with like the Great Lake area. There's, oh, actually there would be a good story for you for um, disappearances in the, in the Cleveland area. There is actually an apartment complex where there are people that disappear a lot, a lot. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually, Whoa. I've actually downloaded quite a few. Um, it's, it's mainly women. Um, not surprising because women come up missing quite a bit, but, um, this one particular, um, complex people go missing all the time, but because of where it's located and stuff like that, it gets pushed off to the side. Um, and I find that a lot in, in some of my, um, you know, uh, browsing through, um, uh, information, you know, you're just pulling up article after article after article to see what catches your eye. And then you start to see a pattern 
And then that's when you start to say, okay, well, there's this one here, this one here, this one here. And then you start to pull things together. And, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a uh, complex out in uh, Cleveland where at least there have been eight that I remember that have disappeared over at least a five-year period. Okay, everyone, I am going to now give you what you've been waiting for, and that is the second short story, which is called The Huntress. But I have to say, I do apologize for the quality of the interview. When I was doing the interview, I was doing it over the phone, so I did not realize until after the interview was completely over that there were some pieces that were missing. So the third part of the interview will be uploaded next week. But for right now, please enjoy The Huntress. Rain poured down on the young woman as she ran through the woods. The dark sky flashed with lightning, and the ground beneath her seemed to shake with the booming of the thunder. Don't look back. Don't look back. The woman thought to herself, Once I reach someone, anyone, I will be safe. Around her, the woods were lush and green, but they might as well be bare. Nothing good is in these woods. The heavy rain turned the dirt and loose grass into mud under her feet, making it difficult. Lungs burned, and she could hear her heart beating over the sound of the thunder. Don't look back. Without warning, she heard it. Sarah! Her name. He's calling her name. Annie was close. Sarah, you can't escape. There's no one out here for miles. No one. Another burst of thunder covered the rest of what he was screaming. So just come back. Suddenly, a loud bang rang through the night. She knew exactly what it was. He's shooting at me, she thought. He's trying to kill me. For two years, Sarah had been kept in an old cabin deep in the woods. She moved to Washington for a job she worked hard to get. For a long time, she was lonely in her new town, but she quickly started to make friends. She also caught the eye of a man in her office. A few times before, he asked to take her out, but she always refused his offers. Months later, he asked again, and she agreed. She had made friends, but she hadn't found someone to be intimately interested in. He picked her up on that Friday, and the night went surprisingly well, until the time came to take her home. They just left the restaurant where they had a few drinks, and she felt a little lightheaded. On the ride, her head spun, and she had a hard time focusing. Hazily, she noticed he was driving out of town. Hey, my house is back that way, she said lazily. He didn't respond. Hey! She screamed, smacking him in his arm. Sit back, he growled, shoving her back. And be quiet. Where are you taking me? She said, shocked, but that's all she remembered from that day. She passed out and woke tied to a bed in a dusty room. A picture of an older couple hung on the wall across from the bed. Both of them smiled warmly at her while standing in front of a cute little cabin. After what seemed like an hour, he came into the room. A half-drunk bottle of some kind of liquor was in his hand. So you're finally awake. I've been waiting. He entered the room a little unsteadily. Where am I? She strained on the wire tying both her arms and legs to the post of the bed. What do you want? I have money. I'll give you it all. I won't tell anyone about this, I promise. Just let me go. 
She said, straining into the wire around her wrists and ankles, dug into her flesh. He walked to the side of the bed, kicking off his shoes. Please don't hurt me, she said on the verge of tears. He took the bottle and put it to her lips. Not knowing what to do, she opened her mouth and he poured a generous amount. He brung his mouth to her ear. I don't want your money. The rest of the night was a blur. She focused on the picture of the old couple, trying to lose herself in their living eyes. For the rest of her life in the cabin, she was confined to that one room. He would come every day, sometimes by himself, other times with someone else. She begged for a while, but when she seen he had no intention of listening to her, she stopped. She concentrated on the one constant she had, the couple in the picture. She finally escaped through a bathroom window during one of her rare showers while he was distracted. A long, dirty shirt was the only thing she could grab, and within minutes it was soaked through. Another shot rang in the night, closer this time, accompanied with a flash of lightning. The hairs on the back of her neck stood on end, and goosebumps covered her body. She knew it would come next if he caught her. She knew it, and she would do anything to escape it, to escape him. Rushing on, she zigzagged through the maze of trees. Don't look back. All of a sudden, she was on the ground. Her shin hurt from smashing it against a falling tree. Quickly, she looked back. With the flashing of lightning overhead, she seen it. The silhouette of the old cabin. The lightning flashed again and her breath caught. The figure of a man stood before her. He wore a stunning black suit and a hat to match. His overcoat hung a few feet over the rain-soaked grass. His black shoes were flawless, even in the muddy woods. He had a large black umbrella over himself. Well, well, my dear, he said, taking a step forward. What are you doing out here? His words dragged in a deep growl that was so low she thought she imagined it. She didn't say a word. His presence in the woods was so strange she didn't believe what she was seeing. Are you alone, my dear? He said, taking another step forward. Just then, another shot rang in the night. Sarah! Get back here! Closer, she noted. The well-dressed man's head turned toward the sound. Oh, he said. It seems you aren't alone in this most peculiar place, he said, taking a step forward. But it seems you don't want the company provided. He looked at her as if it was a question, but she didn't think he needed the answer. He knelt to speak with her at eye level, now holding the umbrella over both of them. His face was handsome, but something was off. She couldn't put her finger on it, but her instincts told her to run. Do you want me to help you help yourself, Sarah? He said in a soothing tone. Behind her, another shot rang off. She flinched and met the man's eyes. They were bright like small glowing coals set in his head. He reached his hand out, offering. She placed her hand in his, nodding her head hopefully. No, my dear, he said, shaking his head. That is not how it works. Speak the words to receive what you desire. His gaze stayed on her as she looked around frantically. Yes, yes, I want your help. Please, she said, but her voice shocked her. She couldn't remember the last time she spoke. A terrifying grin spread across the man's face, and a row of impossibly sharp teeth presented themselves to her. Her eyes widened, and before she knew it, the man bit into the flesh on her forearm, above the marks on her wrist. She screamed. For a moment, it seemed she stopped the storm with her howl. He held her arm as if he was in a trance as the blood poured out. He opened his mouth, and a long, thin, purple tongue slid across her arm, cleaning every drop of blood from her skin. He closed.
closed his eyes, and a look of complete peace covered his face. He stood like that for a moment, and then his eyes snapped open. Now, let's proceed. Pain flared in her arm and quickly climbed up and spread through the rest of her body. She doubled over, writhing in the mud, screaming at the top of her lungs. She knew pain, but this time she didn't have the old couple in the picture to focus on. She only had the well-dressed man. Her blood boiled in her veins, and her skin grayed and blinked. Her bones broke and stretched to abnormal lengths, and her nails and teeth sharpened to points. Her eyes reddened and flicked back and forth wildly. She ate the lips off of her face hungrily, covering herself in her own blood, and opened her skin on her arms with her fingernails. She laid face down in the mud, breathing heavily, growling. Just then, her pursuer burst into the opening through a thick cluster of bushes. His eyes fell on the well-dressed man, then on the woman laying face down in the rain. Hey, get back, man. What are you doing here? This is my land. He approached with his gun trained on the well-dressed man. Answer me, he commanded. The well-dressed man said nothing. What did you do to her? He said, approaching Sarah, I gave her the power to get justice. It is what you did that enabled this event to occur. And I, for one, thank you, the well-dressed man said, giving a slight nod. No, you don't know anything, old man. You don't know how dangerous I am. You don't know what kind of monster I can be, the man said, pointing his gun at him. Behind him, the woman stirred slowly, rising to her knees. No, my poor, poor friend. Nothing of the danger you were in. Behind him, the woman growled. The man had time to shoot one shot before she was on him. Her sharp nails dug into his face, tearing deep gashes. He screamed a blood-curdling scream. She sunk her teeth into his neck, ripping a mouthful away. She chewed on his flesh, sickened and delighted at how delicious it tastes. She moaned with ecstasy as he fell to the ground, coughing up blood. She dropped to the ground with him, continuing her feast. All the while, the man in the suit watched with a smile of approval on his face. We are all monsters deep down, he whispered. My friends, is the short story clip of The Huntress. I hope you enjoyed the clip of the interview and the clip of the story. I will have the rest for next week. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, please, by all means, give me a shout out on my Facebook page, which is All Things Eerie from Eerie PA. That's Eerie with three E's. I have a Facebook page, Twitter, and um, the Twitter page is K-A-T-H-Y-B-R-D-L-Y. Same thing with Instagram. The podcast is available on Facebook, Twitter. It is available also on iTunes and podbean.com under all things Erie from Erie PA. And that's Erie with three E's. Again, I hope you guys really enjoyed this. This is a great short story clip right before Halloween. I hope you guys really, really do enjoy this. I hope you all have a wonderful Halloween. I hope you guys who do enjoy Halloween, love to be scared, have fun. Those of you who are handing out candy and things like that, please 
Remember, there are those that do not have the verbal skills. Please look for those blue baskets. And again, I look forward to our next upload for next week. For this week's episode of All Things Eerie, this is Kat signing off.